You're listening to the Junior League of Louisville's podcast. Lanier Robinson joined the league in 1996 and was president from 2005 to 2006. Christy ushered in our 85th anniversary with a focus on growing our endowment to $1 million. During her time, the Junior League office was moved from 2nd Street to Cosair Charities. Hi, I'm here with Christy Lanier Robinson. She's a Junior League past president from 2005-2006 and she joined the league in 1996-97 when we had a full year of provisional requirements, That's correct? right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah. yeah. I know. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about everything and um, I guess we'll kick it off with the generic question of what brought you to the league? Um, so when I uh, joined the league, I really wasn't looking for, I knew I wanted to be active in the community, but I wasn't really sure about the best way to go about that. And it's funny because um, my mother, a few years earlier, was asked to join. That was when the league was really trying to make a push for diversity. And um, she was like, I'm not joining the junior league. I have two kids. I'm like, why would I join it? So they didn't get her, but they got me. Um, And so um, I met with, back then, you had to have a sustainer sponsor you. Um, And so I met with some of the sustainers, Jeannie Potter, I think uh, Julie Gray, a couple other past presidents. And I thought, well, sure, I'll give it a try. So I went into it thinking, I'll do this for one year, see how it works, and then move on from there. And obviously it worked well because I stayed on and ended up being president. That's wonderful. And you did mention your mother. Um, I did notice, too, I thought that she was on the – was she on CAB Community Advisory She board? was on the Community Advisory Board, and she was really impressed with what the Junior League – had done in the community and if you look at the legacy of some of the great projects that um, women in this community have started they have a shared um, a common denominator is that they are members of the junior league and so um, there were a couple other organizations that um, I considered but I really just based on the junior league's legacy and the people I knew who were part of it I thought okay I'll give this a shot that's great and um I know you mentioned a couple of them, and you had mentioned before in previous articles, Julie Gray, Jenny Potter, and Lindy Street Yeah, as mentors. I think you thanked them in one of your reviews and clips right. for your year. And so did you stay in touch with those ladies throughout Junior League, and mm-hmm. are you in touch with them now? In fact, I just emailed Julie Gray about something, and that's the thing about the Junior League I think that is so wonderful is some of those women, I'm still very much, I may not talk to them as frequently as I did um, when I was active in the league, but you form a, a lifetime of relationships. In fact, Jeannie Potter, who is the only Louisville Junior League member that I know of that served on the AJLI board yeah. as chair of diversity, um, she came when I was president of the league to see me take the gavel, and then um, I think she ended up being a Founders Award recipient. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the Junior League does form sort of a lifetime of relationships. Um, that I usually call on every day. You know, yeah. someone from the league I usually talk to at least once a day or once a week. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of that. 
I'm it's given you a great network, it especially has. someone who went off to start their own business. Right, so. right, right. I mean, it's you know one of the things that I think that Junior Lake does better than just about any other organization is that it does help you create a system of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should go into it um, if that's your only focus, because I think that people. You know, you have to be focused on the community. You have to want to get back to the community. And as a person who was born and raised in Louisville, I moved away and I came back. Um, you know, I knew I had a responsibility to do something in the community. And the Junior League really afforded me the opportunity to do that, not just in one area, but across multiple areas. And that's just the way we're set up, you know, yeah. to, to have an impact on lots of places in Louisville that I'm not sure um, I would have been able to do in a, another organization. That's great. I, I believe that too. It definitely, the, the relationships and the networks kind of form mm-hmm. as a byproduct of right. what you're doing. Right. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, you see someone and you don't see them for 10 years and you run into them again. It's like you pick up and you never, like you've never missed a beat, you know? Yes, we do. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Before you were president mm-hmm. and you joined the league, you did work on several committees and I did have a picture, but I, I always find it interesting because Mary Sullivan was president after you, but you co-chaired with Mary Sullivan, the provisional groups, correct? Right. I mean, what was that like? Well, actually, I was after Mary. You were after Mary. Yeah, so, but I was you, after, but we co-chaired. You co-chaired provisional. And you know what? I had not even thought about that until you said it. Yes. <laughs> I had so, a very cute picture of the exactly. two of you as provisional chairs. Yeah, yeah. So we did co-chair. And that the great thing about that. Um, I mean, first of all, Mary Sullivan, there's probably no one more dedicated to the community or the league than Mary. Um, and so we have a great working relationship um, and, you know, we worked well together. And so um, I hadn't even thought about it till you brought it up that the fact that we started sort of our, well, I started sort of my relationship as a provisional and then, you know, we sort of ended, or not ended our relationship, but, you know, to come back and be presidents. Yeah. Nine years later, it's just sort of a continuation of the Mary Christie show. It was. I like that. The Mary Christie show. That's a good point. Exactly. Um, We have lots to talk about, but I'm very interested. The Junior League's going through a transition, as was mentioned earlier, and one that wasn't mentioned was that we are actually relocating our office. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, am I correct? Did you move us here? I did move us here. I did move us here. Yeah. To Cozair Charities. To Cozair Charities. Yeah. And that was really, um, you know, that was kind of, um, we did a great job, I think, of planning that move because, you know, moving us out of downtown, there was a lot of sustainers at the time who were adamantly opposed to that. And, and we they, were on 2nd Street, right? We were on 2nd Street. Stairways. We, were on, we were on 2nd Street. Yeah, we yes. were on 2nd Street. And it was a, it was a great sort of transitional building. But um, when we looked at the numbers, it, it really, it, it didn't work for a lot of reasons. It didn't work because of meeting space. It didn't work. And so um, Cozair was just a great partner. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was prepared, and I did get lots of phone calls about moving us out of downtown, and oh, this was the plan all along. And it wasn't really um, the plan, but as I told people at the time, the league doesn't exist to pay rent. The league exists to impact the community, and you can do that from wherever. You can do that virtually. Um, and so the more money we save on rent, the more money we're able to return into the community. So from that perspective, it was a no-brainer. And I think the quote was that you reduce monthly 
during your year. Yeah. Reduced monthly rental payment by more than 65%. And right. obviously there was a partnership and a long history with Cozier Charities. Absolutely. To move us here on Eastern Parkway. So um, I thought that was like a big defining moment. That's a big, we're going through that now. So I found that interesting. You went through that too. I did. I did. <laughs> and you know, I think that once, you know, you run the numbers and, and nothing is, I mean, this was a good place for us to be for a lot of different reasons based on where our membership was at the time. But I think it is something that you have to evaluate. Just like Stairways was consistent with what the league was trying to do when we bought, purchased the place, we were helping to revitalize Main Street. Yes. You know, our work was done. And so being able to move on, especially if you're able to return that investment back into the community, just makes all the sense in the world. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with when you were president, it was our 85th anniversary. It and was. I noticed. You um, had a great platform and were wonderful at trying to grow the endowment, right. which that endowment started way back when with stairways exactly. and to help with operating costs and, and those that facility. And then here you are, you come back, you're president, you move us to Cozair, you reduce our costs, but your focus is on growing that endowment to a million dollars to sustain us. That was a big push and a big platform of yours that year. Right. right? And I think, so at the time, it's funny because everything's cyclical. I, you know, our membership was going through a transition. We weren't having as many people. When I joined the league, I think I had a provisional class of like 102, 103. I don't think we've had one recently. I mean, I, I'm not sure what it is now, but it's certainly under uh, the three digits. And so... Um, we were always sort of trying to figure out, well, how are we going to serve the community, pay rent, and, you know, deal with the realization that our membership numbers weren't growing at the pace that they had previously. And so um, the endowment was low-hanging fruit. And I don't think, I think it was like $100,000 that we needed to push it to the $1 million mark, which then allowed us to use the um, um, some of the proceeds from the the annual return on the endowment to fund our membership or to fund our operations, and so um, that was the first time that the league had ever really focused on the endowment. Yes. And you know we got I know we we got there. I'm pretty sure we exceeded what we were trying to do, and so that to me as a communications person. Um, that stretched me because numbers aren't necessarily my thing, but you know, when someone at a very basic level sat down and explained the math to me, it was a no brainer. And, and the thing about the endowment is that it was such a reasonable number that if, you know, I think at the time we calculated if everybody gave $20 or whatever, we would be able to get there. And we had sustainers step up in a really big way. I remember Lindy Street um, mm -hmm. gave like $15,000 to the endowment. Um, and so, you know, again, I think from a communications perspective, if you make the case on why it, it makes sense, the league and the membership always responds accordingly. So yeah, so that I'm glad, and I think it's been growing ever since. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely what's enabling us to make um, this transition this year. Right. We wouldn't be able to do it if we hadn't had the foundation of work from Stairways and from your 85th. So thank That's you. That's great. That's <laughs> great. I'm glad to know it worked. In the 85th, now tell us a little bit about that. I know you have mm -hmm. in front of you a, a, a project list from your year. I know. I had to. So like glancing at that does anything jump out obviously we had a celebration right right um that's that's again we did a lot of projects 
You were fortunate to have a chair in a lot of different ways for the 85th through fundraising, community. Looks like you had a great org organization set up. But Uh does anything jump out from that that really, um, you might even want to go through it because our our listeners won't know what what you You were doing your year. So um, one of the things that I am most proud of, actually there are two things. One is the 85 for 85. One of the things I learned at AGLI um, that really sort of resonated and guided me is um, projects don't make a difference in people's lives. People make a difference in people's lives. And at the time, I felt like the Junior League was so focused on the project process and we got to go through that. And I do think that that is one of the gifts and one of the things that the Junior League does well, but sometimes I don't think it allows us to respond to the immediacy that Mm -hmm. some organizations have. And so 85 for 85 was just a really simple concept where we decided we're going to work with, I think, 10 organizations and we're going to provide them 85 things or or projects or many whatever touches, touches to meet the needs that they have. So for example, we provided 85 backpacks for kids and 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 I can't remember what school it was that was filled with all the supplies they needed for the school year. That's great. Yeah. That's an immediate need that kids have. Those kids will never forget the fact that, you know, when they went to school, um, and we take it for granted that they had everything they needed in the backpack. What a great way to start the school year, that you don't feel like you're labeled or somehow different than your peers. Because when you're young, you know, I mean, every, you, you just mm-hmm. want to fit in. Um, we provided 85 families a full Thanksgiving dinner, a, buck, a bucket or a, a box full of everything that they needed, and a $25 gift card to purchase their turkey. Again, that's not that that is not a per se, you know, labor intensive project, but it allowed everyone to participate in the league in a way that they could feel like, you know, I may not have enough time, a lot of time, but I can go and buy, you know, 20 um, um, cans of green beans and make sure that that's part of it. And that does make a difference in people's lives. And I remember delivering a Thanksgiving box to um, a family and the mom opened the door and her kids peeked out and tears were rolling down her eyes or her face. You know, that to me, um, that's the difference that the league can make. And that's not a lot of time or whatever. And so sometimes I think we get so caught up in sort of doing things big that we forgot. There are people who have immediate needs right now that the league has the ability to address. And so that was one of the things that um, I'm most proud of. And that was 85, 85, 85. 85 for 85. 85 for 85. For our 85th anniversary. Right. Yeah. Nice yeah. time there, and right? It was, it was done, you know, every single one of them were simple things that were done in the day. Um, our members came and assembled, you know, the backpacks or assembled the food baskets. But boy, did it make a difference in people's lives. Even for one day, it may just be giving that person a lifeline or hope to continue for one day. And in fact, that mother, and I still remember that, she was like, I didn't even know what we were going to do for Thanksgiving, you know? And, um, and it made an impact on you, honestly. And it made an impact on me because I still remember yes. that and I remember her face. Yeah. The other thing um, that we had the good fortune and 
I didn't, I sort of stumbled into this, but I was glad to be a part of the process is that we had um, quite a bit of money left for um, projects that could focus on cancer. And I think we had gotten a grant or whatever. And so we were actually, um, Elizabeth Runderman was my sustainer chair, and we put together a, com a committee that looked at um, projects that we could give grants to. Mm -hmm. um, so we funded Gilda's Club, the Nookie, Noogie Noo, Noogie Noogie whatever. Um, but it allowed the sustainers and community people to come together and say, okay, um, we have this money. Um, not sure if we'll ever be in a, in a position where we'll be able to give $100,000 away. But we assembled a group in the league who sat down and evaluate what's the best way for us to distribute this money in a meaningful way that would have an impact on the league or on the community and really serve, um, help to serve a lot of people whose mission, whose work is consistent with ours. And that was a complicated application process, but boy, you know, you're talking about the level of detail that um, sustainers um, were engaged that they hadn't been engaged. I mean, oftentimes we have sustainers and we invite them in for fun things and whatever, and that's fine. But, you know, people like Kathy Euler, people like Lindy Street, Jeannie Potter, Julie, they are out there. They've been a part of this community um, and want to, you know, they have a lot to give still. Um, and they do a lot of great things. And so I was really, really proud that they came together and they actually thanked me and said, you know, thank you for engaging us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the process. Um, we had that money sort of sitting in a bank account. And when I found out about it, I was like, it is absolute sin that we've had this money for 10 years. It's been sitting there and we have so many needs in the community. Um, so anyway, so that was that was fun. And that was, um, I think, made a difference, you know, obviously, in a, in a lot of organizations. And you were able to present that as part of the 85th. So we, the $100,000, right. three grants right. during your 85th anniversary. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things that stick out the most for me for my year. Well, that's impressive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you went, you did do, um, went on to serve in other ways. I know that we've talked about a lot of things here and we talked about ways it's impacted you. How have you taken your junior league experience and gone off? I know you're still active in the nonprofit world. Right, right. You know, um, so I started my own business about uh, clearly stated communications. <laughs> started my own business about four years ago. And I think that um, one of the things that the junior league provided me was sort of a real foundation. And what I learned is that a lot of nonprofits um, don't have the budget for um, communications and really having a robust um, avenue or mess a vehicle to get their message out there. And they do a lot of great work. And so um, it helped me because coming from a corporate background, nonprofits are usually totally different. You know, they're, they have more thin, leaner budgets. And so it helped provide me an understanding of how nonprofits work and how they're, how every dollar has to provide not just a single return on investment, investment, but multiple returns on investment. So for example, um, you know, one of the nonprofits that I'm working with um, is um, Family Children's Place. 
And the founder, one of the founders of the Family Children's Place is a junior league member. And, um, you know, when they looked at sort of having somebody help them get their message out, um, you know, not only through multiple media stories have they grown their Facebook presence, have they grown their Twitter followers, which then turns into trans, uh, translates into more donations. Um, that sort of understanding really came from the Junior League. And so, um, so I'm really proud of that. I think the Junior League has helped me, um, helped me to explore not just looking at some of the, um, and we have wonderful causes in Louisville, and so many nonprofits do, do great things, but there are often nonprofits that are overlooked, you know, because of a stereotype. And one of the things like addiction. Um, mm-hmm. And so, because of the work that I dealt um, had with the Junior League, I actually went on to serve on the board of the Healing Place mm-hmm. and chaired their capital campaign for the new women's campus. And so, you know, you think about addiction and you think about what it does and how it ravages a family in a community um, and how that sort of transfers into every aspect of life, whether it's schools, whether it's, you know, um, churches, whatever it is, you know, the, I felt called after my work with the Junior League to sort of look at where else can I put my talents. And so, anyway, so I'm very happy with so that. So you're very involved still. Very yeah, active. I am. I am. It's definitely um, a blessing to have you out there. You've done a lot with Neighborhood House, too, I know. Neighborhood so, House, yeah. I served on their board. Which like has history there, too. We do. And then, actually, I am a Girl Scout leader as well That's in my nice. spare time. And so, Junior League has a history working <laughs> with the Girl Scouts. So, yeah, it's every day I have a reminder of my work in the Junior League. Well, we're glad that you were a part of it. Yeah. And we're definitely glad you came back to Louisville after college. I know. That <laughs> was wonderful. I, I always think it's interesting to see people who went away for college and, and then, then returned come, come to back. Louisville. Yeah. Because I know we in the league have struggled a lot with them. Just once we train and, and we have wonderful, fabulous leaders uh-huh. in our in our city and in our community, but we're they're still transient. You know, yeah. like you yeah. came back home, so we're thankful and right. you stayed. Right. Yeah. Well, um, do you see anything else on that? That really, does there a past project from before you were president that when you joined the league that spoke to you? I mean, you were provisional co-chair. I think you served on an ad hoc committee, which could have been any number of things, Yeah, right? I don't remember. Um, done in a, it says, member of the Done in the Day committee, chaired nominating, which I'm familiar yes, with on there. Yes, yes, And VP of membership development. And um, I think you did a lot of training. I did. And chair of membership recruitment. I mean, you definitely had a little silo for you right that right. you definitely were training and developing and you did leadership louisville and focus louisville correct? i did i did i did you know i th- th- i mean this has been such sort of a walk down memory lane but you know our membership is sort of the is the heartbeat of the league and um we put so much emphasis on community and that's great but really sort of cherry um training our leaders to go out and return um, the training and invest the training that they've received into the communities, I think is sort of a hallmark of what the Junior League is all about. I also think our connection um, to so many great things in this community that have formed, sort of served as a transformational point. I mean, I wasn't around when they purchased stairways, but I saw the evolution of what stairways did to help 
um, re-energize Main Street. And we have a lot to be proud of. I mean, that was, you know, I remember when Main Street wasn't as robust and energetic mm -hmm. as it is today. And that has really sort of paved the way for, I think, Louisville and or for the, the growth and, and the transformation we're taking, we're seeing in downtown Louisville right now. Because you would have been in the league and been a part when we either would have just happened or was happening with the with the Playscape waterfront development yeah. park? Yeah, we, I joined as we had made the investment and the waterfront park, um, you know, at the time, the, and I, I truly believe if it's it not been- correct. Yeah, <laughs> if it had not been for the Junior League's investment, that would have never, it, waterfront park, it would have eventually happened, but it would have taken a lot longer for it to happen. Um, Ronald McDonald House, mm -hmm. you know, you think about, and that's such that's something we take for granted. But it was a junior league member who, who because of her experience with her own child, said we need one here and um, in Louisville. And the league rally. That's the thing about the league is that you know, whenever I think about big projects that I've approached in my life, and I think, okay, I need a team. <laughs> Almost every single person, or at least half of the people that I call on, are junior league members. And I think that there's something about um, the, even the provisional training, the way when I went through it, it was a year long. And so you bonded with mm -hmm. those people. You do. And I think that if in our effort to make things more convenient for people, we sometimes forget that bonding takes time. You can't rush that, it's you know, whether it's a yes. freshman. And so it is an investment in not only um, relationships, but also sort of an investment in, in that person's life. And I'm very thankful that I had that. I mean, I complained about it. I was like, <laughs> why do we have to have these? I really don't like these women. But then, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like there's, yes. and I didn't even have kids at the time. And it was just like, you know, I've got a million things that I could be doing. Um, always, if you feel that way, there's always someone else who does too. Exactly. So exactly. your opinion is a very valuable exactly. thing. So anyway, so that was, but, but I look at that bonding um, time and I'm very thankful that we had the that I had the opportunity to have it that way. And you had your son. He was so, four or five when you were president. Yeah. So I, the year that I um, became president, I changed jobs, um, built a house, <laughs> and became junior league president. Oh, you thrive in chaos. Yes, exactly. Right? And I mean, yeah. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. And so now I think about it. He was in there in kindergarten mm -hmm. when I became president, and now he's a senior in high school. So, um, but yeah, I do thrive in chaos. And that, and uh, again, I attribute that to sort of uh, the junior league, you know, experience where you learn how to uh, carry on despite the chaos, you know. And that's something that you know. So anyway, it, 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 I mean, the, the league, I could not imagine doing what I'm doing now or um, some of the things that I hope to do because of the junior league. And I always tell people if there are two organizations that have shaped me to be who I am today, it is Girl Scouts and the junior league, you know, that's a, that's and a I'm, testament. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, and I know that we are probably nearing the end 
of our conversation. And um, we have talked about the way the Junior League has impacted your life. And I know that this is something that, like I said, you probably feel like, <laughs> am I the banner? You right. are. We discussed. But, you know, being that you were the first African-American president, mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously made a very lasting impact. And was that a very big step in your community and in your world and in the Junior League world to be the face of that really? for Junior League? I mean, yeah. it's hard to believe in 2005, 2006, we were just entering our first true, like you said, diversity was a focus in, I think, the 80s and in the 90s. And you talked about that being a part of your life, but, you know, to think it wasn't till that time. Right. Well, you know, I really think when I was, um, I never, when I joined the junior league, never thought I'd be president. I just never, ever, uh, that just wasn't something I aspired to do. Um, But I'm very thankful for people like Anita Barbie, like Julie Gray, who said, I see something in you. And um, they sort of helped to, and Jeannie Potter helped to sort of guide me. I think that the foundation for having a president, you don't go from, from, you know, sort of not having any members of that represent the community or having diversity in an organization to, oh, okay, now we're going to have one. So people who came before me and the recruitment efforts that the Junior League did in the 80s and 90s really laid the foundation for, in 2000, to have... Mm-hmm the um, first African-American president. And I always went into it saying, I don't mind being the first, I just don't want to be the last. And so, you know, I think it helped to change the perception of what the Junior League was all about. You know, I was not only, am I African-American, I worked outside the home, Mm -hmm. had children or whatever. So there were lots of different sort of stereotypes of the Junior League that were out there that I totally helped to debunk. And so, um, you know, even in my provisional class, I was one of two out of 101 people. And I will never forget that, um, and that's probably the reason I stuck with it. Because even in 1995-96, someone came to me during the provisional meeting and said, are you sure you belong here? And I was like... Just shocking. Yeah, yes. it's shocking. But, you know, and but really, I think that um, in some ways it is, but in some ways it's not. I mean, we just have to look around at what go, what's going on now and realize that sometimes as a country, we maybe not, haven't come as far as we think we've come. Um, and so what I tried to do was lay the foundation um, for the next whomever, person of color, to come after me and make it just a little bit easier. And I think that when you're the first or one of a few, one of the lasting legacies that you have a responsibility to uh, fulfill is making it just a little bit easier for the next one to follow. Um, so that is, I, I'm proud that, while I, was proud of, I am proud that I was the first, I'm even more proud that two years later, someone that I had a relationship was followed. And so, and I don't know what's happened since then, but, <laughs> but you know, we should, we should look at that. And, you know, it took someone who took me under their wings, people, lots of people took me under their wings and said, you can do this. You, you have the passion, you have the potential, you can do this. And I think that's something that hopefully the league is, is continuing to do. It's a so, nice reminder. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Well, thank you. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything else as we wrap up that you feel? Um, you know, the only thing I could think of is that um, 
you know, oftentimes the junior league, everything is cyclical in life. It really is. And so some of the challenges that we confront as an organization or whatever, any in any lifetime, we have to sort of step back and, and first realize that um, as they told me when I was a president, this league has an 84-year history. You are not going to destroy it in one year. I'm like, first, sometimes I felt like I was pretty close to it, but I never did. But um, we do have... A trans, we are in a transition, and so realizing that this isn't the first time we've confronted transitions, it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we're laying that foundation, we've laid the foundation that whatever we're going through, that whoever's dealing with the transition now, we've made it a little bit easier for them. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I think it's in our efforts to ensure that people can participate we also have to realize that um, building leaders is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And so we build leaders in the league. We develop women to go out and make a difference in the community. And that's not something that um, can be done in a three month period. It takes years. And so we should not be afraid of investing in ourselves and giving our leaders and members the time to do that. That's so. wonderful. Well, thank you.